0: Call Greatness with Rob, and it reminds me of a, a joke by Dimitri Martin, who talks about conditional identities. You know, you have the waitress come up like, if you need anything, my name's Jill. He's like, well, what if we don't need anything? Then what's your name? Is it still Jill? <laughs> so my name's still John, even if I have met you. Uh, but this morning, we're wrapping up our CHAMP Camp series that we've been doing, going through uh, the, the acronym CHAMP, C-H-A-M-P. And we've been, it's called You Can Help Your Team Win. And whether you know it or not, each one of you are on a team of some kind, whether it's a family that's a team, you're in a church community that's a team, maybe you're on an actual athletic team as well, Um, maybe you're on a team at work. But all of us are on teams, and whichever team that you're a part of, God wants to equip you and give you the skills. ...to be the most effective team member, not just for your team, but for the team to bless others as well. So, each week we've been going along the acronym CHAMP with our Champ Camp outreach that just ended. And so far, we've talked about having a clear and compelling vision. We've talked about uh, honored people, honor people, a winning attitude. And last week we talked about managing your most obnoxious teammate, which was ourself, right? And if we stopped there... I think we'd really be missing out on something huge. Now, it's probably obvious, but we are a mobile church, which means we tear down and set up everything every week. So, uh, everything you see here the, the sound equipment, the stuff in the lobby, the kids' space stuff our amazing setup crew sets that up every Sunday morning, and they tear it down after church, and it goes down and sits in a trailer a few blocks from here all week until we need it again next week, right? And we have this little tiny pickup truck whose only job, and it's Life, like all it does, is it brings this trailer a few blocks from where it's parked all week to this hotel right here. And if you're a, a volunteer on the setup crew, who's driven this truck before? It is not a powerful vehicle at all. I mean, it can like its only job at all is to pull this trailer three blocks a week. That's it. Okay. So uh, a few years ago, uh, my the vehicle I was driving died, which is a fun story in and of itself, but. I got the money together, got a new vehicle in Kansas City, and a friend and I borrowed this church pickup truck, took it to Kansas City so I could pick up this this vehicle I got. And so, again, the only thing this truck has to do is pull a trailer three blocks a week. Like, that's all it does. It is not powerful. So, we get it onto I-70, and I'm like in fifth gear, pedal to the floor. It takes everything this thing has got to get up to the speed limit, 75 miles an hour, on flat ground with the wind at our back, you know? Like, the, and like, how many of you guys know the Flint Hills are anything but flat the whole time? And so we get going and we're like, alright, we're feeling good. We finally, you know, it took us 10 minutes to get up to the speed limit. Uh, we get behind this car going 5 under the speed limit. I'm like, come on, like, we're putting our blood, sweat, and tears into getting up to 75 miles an hour. Like, the least you can do is, like, drive the speed limit. Come on, you know. So we get in the passing lane to start passing this car. And once you know it, as soon as we get up to eye level with them, the road starts to incline up a hill. <laughs> And so so we're past him. We get we get to eye level, and I remember I looked over, I made eye contact with the driver, which is like, you know, most people are like, oh, why would you ever do that? Uh, and I, I do that for whatever reason, and we're halfway up this hill when all of a sudden we are no longer passing this vehicle. <laughs> we are actually starting to slip back behind the car, after, right after I made eye contact with them. I mean, it was so embarrassing, so... I had to admit defeat and say, man, this hill is just too much. I had to slip back in line behind the car. And then we get to the top of the hill, and then I was like, all right, I'm passing you now. And, uh, you know, we moved on with our trip. But it was, it was embarrassing, right? I was like, man, I just looked at the guy. He looked at me. And was, as he looked at me, I'm just sliding back behind him. Like, <laughs> man, it was horrible. So today, <laughs> we're talking about bringing power to the teams that we are on. Because without power, we'd still have great teams, I mean, we'd have a clear and compelling vision. We'd be going the same direction, right? We'd be honoring one another. We'd be having a great time with our winning attitudes, and we'd be managing ourselves really well. But just like this little pickup truck, we'd be running on a little less juice than we really need uh, for our everyday life, for what we need to accomplish. And that can cause us to, to burn out eventually, and ultimately it can cause us to live too ordinary an existence and miss out on the miraculous that God wants to do every day in our lives. Alright, so my goal for today is to bring a few points about what power is, where it comes from, and just a, give us a few practical applications about how we can access real power in our real everyday lives. And our theme verse for today is 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, but it's living by God's power. So that's our goal for, t- for today. It's not just to talk about stuff, but to enable us to live by God's power. So, before we dive in, I want to just kind of clear the air a little bit. Here at Bluemont, we believe in all the really cool stuff in the Bible. Uh, So, if you're reading through the Bible and you see something that either makes you go, wow, that's awesome, or if you're not quite there, you're like, I'm not sure about that. Like, what is this? We believe all that stuff happens. So, people getting healed miraculously. God providing for people in supernatural ways. God speaking to people and really... Cool, maybe crazy ways, right? We believe that that actually happened, and the Bible makes it abundantly clear that He still wants to do those things today. So, the cool stuff man, when you read that, God wants to do that stuff today. Uh, For example, a month ago, we had uh, our campus ministry had a week long discipleship, leadership development thing called Summer Intensive, and uh, uh, a guy that came to that is for college students was a Muslim student, and I think a friend of his somehow convinced him to come, so he came, and uh, all week he's having this dream, this reoccurring dream, like multiple nights in a row throughout this week, and in this dream, he's attacked by these wolves, and they kill him, like in the dream, and so after having this dream multiple nights in a row, he's kind of freaked out, so he finally tells somebody, I was like, man, what the heck is the deal with this dream, and so he tells this other student who's a Christian, and the guy's like, Hey man, like if you have that dream again, just like say the name of Jesus and see what happens. So sure enough, the next night he has the same dream. And he's being attacked and he knows what's going to happen because it's happened three times in a row. He's going to die in this dream. So he cries out, he says the name of Jesus, and all of a sudden the wolves can't hurt him anymore in this dream. He just like is walking and they're there, but they can't touch him. And so he wakes up and he still has unanswered questions. He still has intellectual things he's wrestling through, but he knows in his heart he has to give his life to Christ. He knows that that's the only fulfilling way to live, is to live with Christ. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, for the last two weeks, my wife Brogan and I have been in Abilene, and we've been visiting uh, people that give financially to our ministry here uh, with Call to Greatness. And uh, you know, sometimes we can get kind of like timid, you know, because you don't want to offend or make the donors uncomfortable, you know. You want them to Keep giving, you know, and so sometimes be like, okay, hey, let's just like try and just be really nice and encouraging and not fluster anything. But, but as we were praying before some of these meetings, we felt like God was telling us, hey, you should ask them to increase the amount that they're giving. And so we're like, oh man, like, okay, that can be kind of awkward. And, but we felt like God was telling us to do that. So we're like, okay, let's, we'll do that. And so we're meeting with this one couple, incredible time talking with them, really encouraging. And at the end, we're like, hey, we are so honored by your giving, and you've been given this amount, and we've been so blessed by that. We wanted to ask if you would consider giving this additional amount. And you know what happened? He's like, it's funny. Before you guys got here, I felt like we were supposed to give the amount you just recommended. And so we'd love to do that. We're going to do that. It's like, "Whoa, that's awesome. Like God was totally telling him the same thing. Like That's really cool. And then another time, the same week we go and meet with this other lady and she's like, Man, let's let's try that again. Let's, let's all right, God, like, should we ask this person like for the same thing? Should we ask them to increase? And both of us, we're sitting in the car right outside her house, and we're about to go in, and we feel like God said, No, don't don't ask her. And we're like, oh, Okay, like, okay. So I'm sitting there, she's like no. And she's sitting there, she's like, yeah, I'm feeling like no too. So are like, okay, let's just go in, let's just do our best to encourage and just have a good time, you know? So we go in, we have this incredible conversation, like so inspiring, we're both like, man, we're so blessed just to know you, like you're amazing, and and so we kind of get to the end of this meeting, and she's like, hey, uh, my husband and I, before you got here, we decided we want to double our giving, just every month, and we're like, we didn't even ask you, and they're like, yeah, I know, but we want to double our, our giving every month to you, and we're like, that's awesome, like, thank you so much, like, you know, we're kind of like, are you sure, you know, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're sure, like, if that's okay with you, like, yeah, totally, that's totally okay. <laughs> And so we didn't even ask. We're like, man, thanks so much. And then at the end of our time together, we're getting ready to leave. And we're like, hey, well, let's let's just pray together. And as we're praying, I got this really detailed picture in my mind, just in my imagination. I wasn't like caught up into the heavens or anything like that. But, you know, I was just like in my imagination where you would just kind of think about random stuff. You know, just like I saw this picture of this tornado forming in the clouds next to this cornfield. And the tornado is headed toward this cornfield you know, seemingly to destroy it and, like, tear it up and stuff. But right as the tornado gets to the cornfield, it's like, boom, it just kind of disappears. So I was kind of like, wow, that was weird. What made me think of that? And, and I felt like the Holy Spirit's like, that was for her. Like, you need to tell her that. I was like, oh, okay. And so I'm like, hey, here's this picture I just saw. I just kind of saw this, and I kind of got the sense that, that you, God's going to let you see some threat, something that's going to feel threatening to your, your situation or whatever. He's going to let you see it, but then He's going like, to d- make it disappear so that you can know He protected you from that. And I was like, does that, make, like, does that resonate with you? She's like, yeah, that's, aw- like, that's for me right now. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, that's really cool. I kind of thought I was just like, imagining something weird. Uh, but the kingdom is living by God's power every day. It's not just talk but it's living by God's power. And I know many of you guys have experienced some of these cool things as well in your lives. And God wants to give us access to this power so that we can be more effective on the teams that we are on. So let's talk about power for a second. What is it? Where does it come from? Power is simply the ability to accomplish something. That's all power is. It's simply the ability to accomplish something. Power is the ability to do something. So power gives us a few abilities. It gives us... A lot of things. I'm just going to talk about two of them today. Um, power gives us one, the ability to overcome obstacles. Because so if you think about obstacles in your life, they have the funny ability of showing you how much power you really have or do not have, right? Like in that little pickup truck, that big hill showed me how much power this truck really didn't have, right? Like, oh man. And so when we face obstacles, it's very similar, right? Like, oh man, I do not have what it takes to, to overcome this, right? And so, Power, the more power you have, the greater obstacles you can overcome. Secondly, power gives you the ability to operate at the highest level. Each of you guys were made with talents, gifts, abilities. The way you see the world is so unique compared to anybody else. The more power you have, the more at your highest ability you're going to be able to live. The way that you were made to live. Now, while we were in Abilene, uh, it, our time coincided with the wheat harvest. Uh, does anyone come from a farming background? I know Fernando does. Yeah, Sean does. Um, So wheat harvest is basically like the most crazy time of the year in the farming community because you're trying to get all the stuff in before something bad happens. Like it hailed while we were there and they were like, thank God we finished with the harvest before it hailed, right? So so we're out there and uh, my wife's dad uh, will help uh, some friends with their harvest by driving one of their multiple combines, these big machines, they drive kind of like a giant lawnmower, pulling up wheat, and I know your farmers, you're horrified, just compared to a lawnmower, um, but it's, it's kind of similar, you're just like driving around in circles around trying to pick up, you know, like a lawnmower, and uh, so anyway, so they're like, hey John, have you ever ridden in a combine before? I'm like, no I haven't, I'm kind of a city kid, and like, well, you got to, it's awesome, it's really cool, and I was like, okay, sure, and then it kind of turned into, like, the next day, they're like, hey, John really wants to ride in the combine, you got to let him, and I was like, okay, I mean, I didn't say that, but (laughs) sure, let's do this, and so, so we drive, you know, 20, 30 minutes out of town to this, this wheat field where her dad, Shane, is driving one of the combines, so he pulls over while he's driving through the field, we hop in, and it's this enclosed cabin space, it's huge. I mean, it's taller than the ceiling. If you've never seen one, it's really, really big. We get in this enclosed kind of cabin where he drives it and stuff, and we start going, and it's cool. I mean, it's air conditioned, it's got a stereo in it. It's pretty awesome. It's got these like screens and stuff here, and he's got a steering wheel. And I start noticing, you're not using the steering wheel. And so the steering wheel is just kind of moving and stuff. I'm like, uh, what's going on? He's like, oh, this is controlled by satellite, GPS. Like, I don't even need to steer it. It just kind of go, it just does its own thing. I'm just here just to make sure nothing goes wrong. <laughs> and so he's got these screens, and you can see, like, a picture of the field with a line, and you can see the line that this, this uh, combine is following in the field to, you know, bring up all the hay. I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, my mind was just, you know. And we're in air conditioning, we're listening to cool music, we're watching this incredible machine do this thing, and it's on autopilot, you know, I'm like, man, that's really cool, and then it'll tell you also uh, how efficient the machine is and how much wheat you're pulling up, like per acre or whatever, and so her mom makes the comment, man, if my dad, who was a wheat farmer, could see the way we do things today, he would have a heart attack, I mean, it's crazy the efficiency now that they're able to do things that... I think they got like 80 bushels an acre, which is a lot of wheat. Uh, but back in the day, if they got 25, that was like an incredible win. But now if they get 50, that's like really bad, you know. And so it's just the power just like upgraded. It was operating, this farm was operating at its highest ability, you know. And probably not even, you know, 50 years from now, 100 will be a bad day or something, you know. It'll be even better. And so that's the way God wants us to live, at our highest possible uh, ability. And so more power enables us to live at a higher ability. All right, so where does power come from? How do we get it? You know, you look at superheroes. Our, our culture is fascinated with superheroes, and, and I'm kind of, I feel manipulated by Hollywood. I don't know if you feel like this, because I feel like they can just put out any superhero movie, and they know we're going to give them our money. And so I feel like every time I see a preview for another superhero movie, I'm like, promising myself, I'm not going to go see Thor 7. Like, I'm not. I'm not going to give you my money. But six months later, I'm in the $20 IMAX, you know? Like, here we go. I just gave you my money. Let's do this. So superheroes, they get their, their power from, like, toxic sludge accidents and alien abductions and things. Where, do we, where can we get our power from? Because it's not from that. All right, so the world, there's two different ways you can go about this. The world tells us that power comes from things, now, they may be physical things, they may be non-physical things, but things nonetheless. Now, the obvious example, you have Arnold Schwarzenegger, is a powerful, or he was, a uh, bodybuilder. You know, you get muscly, you get huge, like, that's a powerful guy, I'm not going to mess with him, he could eat me. That's a powerful, he's got a lot of power, right? Now, you, you may not have muscles like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but if you have a lot of money, Man, that's a powerful guy. He's got a lot of money, or maybe you have a, a, a huge position. Your position has authority. You're the president or something, or you know, a CEO. Then, man, that's a powerful guy. Uh, maybe you have a lot of success. You know, whatever it is, power comes from things. And in the Bible times, people would look to these uh, objects made of wood or metal, gold, uh, called idols. They'd be statues, and they they thought that if they prayed to these objects, that the object would give them power, like their army would have victory, uh, their families would be successful, their farms would grow better crops. Uh, and, and so when, if they were ever invaded by enemies, the enemies thought, hey, let's steal those objects so those people have no power left, right? Now today, with our advanced educations, you know, in the West, we're like, idiots. We know that like a piece of wood isn't going to help your crops grow any better, right? But we do the same thing every day when we put our hope and our trust in things rather than God. Things like muscles. Now, most of us probably don't do that. But things like money. Things like reputation. Things like success. And while those aren't bad, evil things, I'm not telling you to go get rid of those things, when we look to those things as our ultimate source of power rather than to God, the Bible calls that idolatry. Looking to anything other than God as our ultimate source of power, right? So the Bible, on the other hand, while the world says power comes from things, the Bible makes it clear power comes from God. Now it's interesting, we're going to look at a story in John uh, chapter 19, just a brief story. So if you have your Bibles, I'd, I'd open them up uh, to John chapter 19 where Jesus encounters a really powerful guy. Jesus was at the end of his ministry and had an incredible following of people, and the religious leaders were so jealous of Jesus's following, they wanted to kill Him. But they knew they couldn't legally just kill Him, so they accused Him of some stuff that He didn't do, and they brought Him before the Roman ruler of the area, this really powerful guy. I mean, the guy had it all. He had authority, he had wealth, he had a position. The guy had power, right? And they thought, man, if we accuse him of some, some stuff, this Roman ruler is going to crucify Him. He's going to have Jesus put to death. And so Jesus is, before this Roman ruler, about to be put to death before a powerful guy, and he refuses to talk to him. And the ruler is so frustrated. Man, why won't this guy talk to him? And so here's what happens. In John 19, verse 10, Pilate is the guy's name, the ruler's name. He's frustrated. He's curious. He wants to know about Jesus, if, if he's this, this guy that he says he is. And so he says, Hey, why won't you talk to me? Pilate demanded. Pilate demanded. Why won't you talk to me? Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or to crucify you? Don't you realize, man, I have a position, I have authority, I have wealth, I have everything, and I can end you. I have power. And Jesus says, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. You'd have no power at all unless it were given to you from above. Pilate wanted to know about Jesus, and he tried to leverage his power against Jesus to get what he wanted. And Jesus knew, that's not going to work. That's not how this thing is going to go. It doesn't come from the Roman emperor. Power doesn't come from your wealth. It comes from God. And God can delegate that. He can give that to whoever he wants, alright? It's not from you. Now, power comes from God. And my main point is today, man, power doesn't come from our stuff. Power comes from God. And I want to encourage us to look to God because He's so powerful and He wants to give you access to His power. Kind of like, you know, we all live ordinary lives in different ways and sometimes it's hard to admit that, you know. We don't want to admit that I live an ordinary life. But God wants to make us a portal, if you will, to the infinite. That His power can come down through us into our ordinary lives. That every day we can be walking around as a portal as a conduit, if you will, of the infinite in us, in our everyday lives, on our teams, All right, Because God has some real power. I mean, let's just look real quick at a few examples. In Genesis 1, the beginning of the Bible, all God had to do was say a word, and creation, boom, happened. He says, let there be light. And there was light. In Jeremiah 10, it describes it like this, but God made the earth by His power he didn't like, have to save up in a bank account. He didn't have to dig up resources out of the ground. The ground didn't even exist. But by his own power, he, boom. Man, I'm, I decided I want to make this. Boom, I'm going to make that. Now, we may think we have power, but none of us can do that, right? All power comes from God. And you know what? He's still at it today. In Isaiah 40, it says that God gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, And young men will fall in exhaustion, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength, new power, if you will. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And then two chapters later, Isaiah says this, But those who trust in idols, who say, you are our gods, we're trusting in you for our power, you'll be turned away in shame. You see, when we look to things, rather than God as our ultimate sense of power, they will always let us down. In fact, they actually limit our access to power. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying those things are bad, but what happens when the money disappears? What happens when we lose our job? What happens when our reputation falters? Or maybe people turn their backs on us, right? Then if our, thing, if our hope and our trust for power was in those things, and they disappear, then we're hopeless we have no we're powerless but if our hope is in the one who owns all things who never fails who never sleeps who never leaves never forsakes us then no matter what happens our power source we never lose access right and it's kind of like if there is a beautiful sunset out these windows and you're like hey john look at the incredible sunset it's gorgeous you know the colors and i'm like I look like I'm looking out the window, but I'm looking at the glass, and I'm like, wow, the glass is amazing. Like, it's so colorful. You see the colors on the glass? And you're like, no, that's... I mean, yeah, but you, you see the sun behind it is what making the glass look like that, right? Like, yeah, the glass is awesome. Like, no, you're missing out. Like, you need to look further than the glass. And the same thing is with us. We oftentimes will look at our stuff like, man, this is awesome. But we're not looking far enough. It's like God is the one who gives us those things. He's the one who provides the resource. He's the one who empowers us, right? So, our access point to this power, how do, we, how do we get access to this? Our access point is the Holy Spirit. Now there's a lot of um, confusion sometimes if, if you uh, have not kind of grown up in faith, or maybe you have, there, there's a lot of confusing things to be said about the Holy Spirit. I mean, is He like the Force in Star Wars? Or is He like something from a horror movie possessing people? Uh, or somewhere in between? I mean, like what, what's the deal? You know, you see some weird stuff on TV. You know, you kind of hear different stories and stuff. But the Holy Spirit's not as complicated or confusing as we make Him out to be. The Holy Spirit is God. It's not like another force, but it's, the Holy Spirit is God. He's God's Spirit. He's one of the Trinity. The Father, Son, and the Spirit. Not Father, Son, Holy Bible like sometimes we live. But it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit... And He's God's Spirit, much like you and I have our own Spirit, right? And the Spirit's job is not just to creep people out or give you goosebumps, although spiritual be real, sometimes that happens, you know, sometimes it's okay. But His job is to enact, to make the will of God happen on the earth. It's to take, hey, this is God's will, I'm going to make it happen. The Holy Spirit is our access point to the power of God in our life. And uh, if this still doesn't make sense, if you've ever heard anyone ever talk about anything that God ever did in their lives or anyone else's life, that was the Holy Spirit doing that thing. So if you like if you felt like, "Man, God spoke to me." That was the Holy Spirit. That was God's spirit talking to you. If you ever felt like, "Man, God is is working in my life in this way." That's the Holy Spirit doing that thing in your life, making the will of God happen with God's power behind Him in your life. Does that make sense? The Holy Spirit wants to give us access in the same way. So if you think about who God is, sometimes we can categorize things in weird ways, but God made all things, He holds all things together, and He's at the same time above creation and in and through all of creation at the same time, then He's not limited by time, space, the laws of physics, Right? And so what we call miracles, or things that just don't seem logical according to the way the world normally works, is really just God stepping in and acting in a way that's different than what we're used to. And so we we could just get away with not calling them miracles. It's just like, yeah, I mean, that's just the way the world works. God can kind of step in and do things we're not used to. But we call them miracles because we're not used to it, right? But God can do whatever He wants, whenever He wants. And let's talk about this. Our access point to this unlimited power, the Holy Spirit. I have a few points for us about how to access this power. Alright? Number one. If you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to write these down or you know, figure out how this applies to you. We're going to talk about this. Uh, give us some application stuff. But number one is disconnect from false power sources. Again, I'm not saying throw all your money in the trash and humiliate yourself publicly because having a good reputation is evil. It's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying we've got to disconnect from our way of looking at anything other than God as our ultimate source of power, right? So, man, if if we are used to, and all of us are born and grow up this way. No one is born like, yes, God, I worship you with everything I have. Like, none of us are born like that. I wasn't born like that. I was born as a pastor's kid, and I was born worshiping, if you will, other things, looking to like, man, okay... Man, if I can get people to think I'm cool, then that is going to give me what I need. You know, if I can get this, a college degree is going to give me everything I need. You know, whatever it is. If I can get a a better GPA or a better job with a better company, then that is going to give me everything I need, right? We're all born like that, looking to other things. And we've got to disconnect from that way of living. And the Bible calls that repentance. So if, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus... This is called repentance. It means turning from, I'm living like this, looking to these things, and that's not really a good way of living. So I'm going to turn from that and say, God, forgive me. That's not right. I'm going to take a hold of looking at You as my source of power and strength. That's called repentance. And God made you. He knows the best way for you to live because He designed you. Let Him lead you. The Bible says it like this in Acts 2. Peter is preaching to these people and they're asking him, man, what do we do? We, we know that we're, we're wrong. What do we do? He says, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive access to the infinite power of God. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to make it clear you can't earn this. You can't, God's not asking you to, like, Build yourself up to a certain point where, like, all right, yes, now God is going to save me. Now God is going to give me salvation or give me access to Him because I I worked through this sin issue in my life. None of us deserve it. None of us can earn it. We come to God with all the junk in our lives. And I heard a guy say one time that people with a lot of messed up stuff in their life they make great disciples because they got a lot of fertilizer in their life right? We got fertilizer. It helps the plants grow. Once the kingdom seed is planted, God can transform that stuff and make it really powerful. But you don't got to dig it all out first. Come to God with that stuff. All right, so God, after that, wants to give us unlimited access to the Holy Spirit. But my second point, you got to say the magic words. I'm just kidding. There's not like a magic phrase. It's not like you cast a spell or something like that. But God does want us to ask ask. You know, it's kind of frustrating. You're like, hey, can I have this? Say the magic words. Like, oh, come on, just give it to me, right? In the Bible, God says, hey, I want to give it to you if you ask. Earnestly desire it, right? And Jesus says this in Luke 11 about God giving us the Holy Spirit. He says, so if you, talking about us, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to who? To those who Ask. Everybody say ask. 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 So those who what? Ask. Ask. you got to ask. you got to say the magic words. You're not saying a spell, but you're saying, Hey God, I want this. I want you, your spirit in my life. I want that. Will you give it to me? Please. Right? You don't got to earn it. Say, yeah, I want it. Like, Just give it to me. He wants to give it to you. He wants to give you the Holy Spirit. And He wants to fill your life with God's power. When this happens, the Bible calls this the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And again, the the Spirit's not a mystical force that takes over your body and uses you like a puppet or something like that. He's like a friend. He's a coach, a mentor, a counselor, leading you, teaching you, empowering you. He gives us gifts and tools to help us on the teams that all of us find ourselves on to make us, our teams, and everyone else around us more successful in who we were made to be. Now, one note about this, and this is... uh, can be kind of uncomfortable. It's not necessarily the same event as praying the prayer of salvation. Now, when I was five, I prayed the prayer of salvation. I was afraid of going to hell and said, God, don't send me to hell. Take me to heaven to be with you when I die. God, forgive me. You know, do whatever you want to do. And I got saved, and I think that was real, and the Holy Spirit was a part of that process making me able to see God in the way that I needed to to, to come to Him in repentance. And I got baptized when I was you know, six or seven or something but I didn't even know what the Holy Spirit was. I didn't know like He wanted to give me access to His power. I didn't know He wanted to do miracles in my life. I kind of saw that in other people, but I had no idea what that looked like in my life. I had no clue. And there are a few examples in the Bible of people having surrendered their lives to Christ. They they were disciples, followers of Jesus. They had even been baptized, but they had not been filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, sometimes they didn't even know what the Holy Spirit was. And in Acts chapter 8... There's one of these examples. And uh, there's these new believers in another city, and so some of the apostles uh, are sent to go check them out and make sure that you know, they're legit. And so in verse 15, "...as soon as they arrived, these apostles prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. For they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, they prayed for them, and they received the Holy Spirit." And, man, miracles happen. It goes on to say, man, a bunch of really cool stuff happens. It's awesome. And there's another example in Acts 19 where some of the apostles find another group of these followers of Jesus. And, hey, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Like, we don't even know what that is. Like, they've been following Jesus for some period of time, trying to do their best to say, Jesus, you're our Lord, you're our Savior. What do you want us to do? We don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. And so they're like, okay, that's okay. That's fine. Let's pray for you. Let's, he wants to give you access right now. Let's do that. Right? They didn't have to earn it. They didn't have to like a, complete a bunch of tasks to say, God, now we're ready. We're at level seven of Christianity. Give us the Holy Spirit now. He's like, no. We just didn't even know what it was. And God was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Let's do this right now. Free access right now. All you have to do is ask. And I find often it's helpful to do this with someone who's experienced it. Man, just ask them to pray with you as you ask God. To give you the Holy Spirit and help them just walk walk you through this. It's it's really fun. Number three is power up your team. Power up your team. Allow the Holy Spirit to give you the gifts to power up your team. Just like that combine was a it was a powered up vehicle, right? And and sometimes, you know, if if we needed to take our little truck to Kansas City more often, we'd probably try and power it up too, get it, you know, turboed or something. Um, But the Holy Spirit brings exactly what you need and exactly what your team needs. When Jesus rose from the dead, He commissioned His followers to go out into the world and make disciples on this mission, but they were afraid. They were cowards. I mean, they were scared. But then when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, a few weeks later, Peter, this guy who denied Jesus to a servant girl, who was afraid of telling a seven-year-old girl that he knew Jesus, now stood up in front of thousands of people, shared the Gospel, and 3,000 people got saved. I mean, what happened to turn a coward into a brave evangelist leading thousands of people to Christ? It was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowering someone's life to do that. Boldness, courage, compassion, forgiveness, whatever your team needs, whatever you need to be an effective minister, the Holy Spirit can give to you. There's so much that goes into that, and we could talk a lot about, all the different aspects of this, but there's also spiritual gifts that God gives us, healing, miracles, messages from God for other people that God wants to give to us. Those are all different gifts that God gives us for the teams that we're on to make us more effective people of God. And it's been really fun just the last couple weeks as Brogan and I have been married for a little over a month now. Um, Sometimes we'll go to bed and she'll, she'll kind of feel this burden, like, man, we need to pray for this specific person. I don't know why, but we need to are like, okay, yeah, let's, yeah. So we, we pray for that person and we just have a sense that, man, God is doing something in that person's life right now and we're honored that God kind of like told us about it, you know, in some way. And it was just a feeling. It wasn't like we got a text or like this huge thing on the wall. It was just like, man, I just got this feeling for this person. It won't go away. So like, okay, yeah, let's pray for them. And so it's been cool. We're just like so excited to see how God uses that in different people's lives as we do that. And that's the Holy Spirit empowering His people just to be effective people, just to be effective friends, to be effective employees, right? God wants to power each one of us. And my last point is remain connected. All of us are going to be tempted every day to say, hey, God, that thing that you saw God do, that's awesome, but that's not enough. What you really need is blank. What you really need is fill in the blank with the things that you used to look to back in the day as your ultimate source Right? what you really need is another college degree what you really need is this and again those things aren't bad but they're not our ultimate source and every day we're going to be tempted to like ah, that's, that's not really going to work for you you need something else other than God right so my points remain connected that theme verse that we said at the beginning for the kingdom of God is not just talk it's living by the power of God it's not living by the power of other things it's living by the power of God Alright, so let's stay connected. Let's let's do this stuff. God wants to give us unlimited access through the Holy Spirit. He wants to power up our team. He wants to disconnect us from false power sources and fill us with, with Himself as conduits of the infinite in our ordinary lives. Alright, so if you're here this morning and any of this resonates with you, uh, I want to give us an opportunity to respond. So worship team, if you could come back up, they're going to sing one more song. And uh, have a we have some volunteers that are going to be in the back because we want to provide an opportunity for you to receive prayer remember the the keynote of God is not just talk we could talk about this and go home but then uh we want to we want to experience the power of God all right so uh if you're here and I have two options for you if you just need some sort of miracle in your life at all anything whether it's physical healing some sort of miracle in